Hi, this is Runa and you're listening to the Chainsmakers podcast where we share tips, insight, tools and stories from other Chainsmakers designed to motivate you to become the change you want to see in your world. Make sure you join our Chainsmakers community at runamagnus.com forward slash podcast. And now, this is your time to sit back, relax and enjoy. Our guest today, no other than Catherine Palno, the woman behind I Am Woman Project. Catherine is not only a special woman when I did this interview, here I was in Iceland, nine o'clock in the evening, and it was eight o'clock in the morning for her in Australia. Oh, the power of technology. It is Catherine's personal goal to help and change and inspire individuals helping them connect with their internal power to realize their full potential and to magnetize themselves into a life of abundance. I had to ask Catherine about her project, I Am Woman, why it became such a big thing for her and how she is, the change makers, changing the world, doing the things that she loves and at the same time helping others to become the best version of themselves. Let's dig into that podcast. Catherine, welcome. I am so <laughs> excited to have you on our Chainsmakers podcast. Here I am in, in Iceland. It is nine o'clock in the evening, pitch dark, and I'm heading into the night and you are in Australia and you just, a new day just started for you. Isn't this amazing? <laughs> it is super amazing. It's eight o'clock in the morning for me and just starting my day and you're ending yours. I'm ending mine. And here's the thing. The beautiful thing about technology is being able to interact with people worldwide, connect with women and men such as yourself who are so on the top of what is happening in this world, what we need to be aware of when it comes to the generations to come with leadership, with what sort of a life we want to live, the whole lot. And then it doesn't really matter, does it, if you are from Iceland or Australia or anything in between. The same thing matters to us all, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, I don't think it matters. I think that we're just getting closer and closer every day. I don't think that distance and time and space has anything to do with our belief systems and you know what we fight for and our ways of working. I think we are just all one at the same mm. thing. Yeah. And your project, I Am Woman, is such an inspiring project. And here, here's the thing. Me being such an advocate for gender equity in the world, I just recently found out that really what I've been passionate about was equity, not equality. So, but that's another explanation. And seeing what you've been doing with both your podcast, your services, your speaking, your coaching, tell me, what do you see? is the essence that the next, the women that are coming out there, what do you see as their essence, the ones that are really going to be leading the future? Oh, good question. That's an interesting question. I could answer that in different ways. I, I guess the whole project started through my own experience. So I climbed the corporate ladder. I was a single mom in a man's world. So for me, it was, there was, and I see this quite often in a corporate environment and in leadership in, in its totality is that I see two types of women. 
So I just want to kind of, what I see, and then I'll yeah, unpack yeah. it. So two good. types of women. So the first woman is, I see that is climbing the corporate ladder, very career focused, has walls around her because being in a different kind of environment, not necessarily treated equally, but very strong, very, had to wear this persona and very, very strong. They get to a point in their life in their middle age. So middle age could be even mid thirties to early forties where they go, holy moly, what have I done with my life? I don't have a relationship. I don't have children. What am I doing with my life? You know, they have this epiphany. Then the other woman is the woman that does have a family that has been climbing the corporate ladder riddled with guilt because being torn between the two, wanting to do the right thing by the family and be the mother, and but then also want to do the right thing by her team and be the corporate leader and climb the corporate ladder. Mm-hmm. So you can see that there's these two types, very distinctive types of women. And I don't know if you've experienced that yourself, but I see this a lot in working women, with women in leadership. Mm, yeah, And I, I, I think that now there's also this other thing because there's been such a focus on what you're talking about, equity, gender equality, that whole thing. There's now this, this thing where women go, why do we have to make a big thing about us? Because now what I'm finding is I'm in this role and people are saying, you just got that role because you're a woman. Mm. not because of your skills and talents. So I find there's a lot of confusion at the moment. And I think that when I have a a, a conversation with them, it's really about understanding that you are in this position because of who you are, because of your skills and talents regardless. And when you think about the equality or gender equity, I think that it's also there's been such a focus on men for such 50 years that now to create the balance – we have to bring the balance and be more conscious about having more women in, in leadership roles because really they bring something different. Women are wired differently. Their brain is differently. They have, you know, even on the emotional component of the brain, when you look at the brain, the brain itself is 2%, 22 percent but still it's, it's 2% more when it comes to emotional intelligence. We go about when we look at things from a, you know, when we're trying to solve problems, we look at it from different eyes. We don't just dive into it. We be the observer. We do a lot more reflection. So we're very, very different. We are all motivated differently as well. So it's, it's not so much being a male or a female. I think what I'm seeing now is there's this confusion, Yeah. if anything. What are your thoughts around that? Yeah. My thoughts, yeah. It's interesting when you talk about these two types of women and that old myth and old saying, you know, you're, you're getting this job because you're a woman. To this day, I can't recall ever hearing any guy get you getting this job because you're a man. Spot on. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. So, and it's interesting as well, you know, here I am in Iceland and you know, Iceland is ranking number one, I think, for nine or ten years. The the best country in the world for women is what they say. And I actually disagree with that statement. I think that, number one, even though we rank number one in the world when it comes to gender equality, first of all, that doesn't mean that we're super duper. We're just not as bad as the others. And secondly, 
I don't think that it's right to say it's the best country for women in the world. I think it's the best country for humankind then. Because my take on it is if we have equal opportunity for people that they are valued for whatever it is that their skill set, their experience, their knowledge, their education, everything is taking into that account, then that benefits their family, it benefits the society, it benefits the community as a whole. So I think we could fundamentally change our language just for that two things. Do you agree with me? To get a different different viewpoint on really what we're talking about. Mm, Yeah, I know. And I think it's also, you know, it's the way the system has been set up. You know, we've been conditioned to believe that we have to stay small. You know, I don't know if you have the same saying in Iceland, barefoot and pregnant. No, you know, you're, you're a woman, you stay home, barefoot and pregnant, stay small. You know, behind every great man, there is a, an amazing woman. You know, you hear all these yeah. comments. Yeah, all of that, yeah. yeah, but it's the way that we've been conditioned. And I see that a lot of the times when opportunities come up, men jump at it, women stand back a little bit and go, mm, am I good enough? Am I smart enough? Am I worthy enough? You know, they think about it. It's almost like you have to push them. They won't put themselves forward. So there's a lack of confidence too because I think very much by condition by society to stay small. What are your thoughts about that? I get where you're coming from. I actually think I see both ways. I see men in that role as well, just as much as women. And maybe that's because we're ambassed. That could be the thing when you're saying that. It actually could be, you know, when we talk about in our in our, the Noma Boxes movement and, and when I really start to dig into this seeing either gender as this or the other, I come to see actually quite a lot of men that are not stepping up. What they have instead, they have the stigma that they should you know, and that they should man up and they should be the, whatever the stigma is in the, in the environment. And I don't know if that is any better, to be honest. If you are a guy and you actually are just, you're caring and you want to collaborate and, and you want to host and foster your family, you're being told to man up. And if you're a woman and like you were saying, if you are not that one that is reserved, but actually just fast forward and doing things, what we like them to be, right? You are very often told not to be such a bitch. Yeah. And so neither actually work when I think about it. What are you on that? No, I agree. And I was just wondering whether that's a different culture too from Iceland yeah. because there's such an emphasis of being the non, number one in the world when it comes to equality and, you know, equity, women's everything yeah yeah but I agree I mean what I'm saying was a very blanket approach yeah yeah but it doesn't apply to all men absolutely because there are you know I know some amazing men who are very in touch with their feminine side and actually would rather be the person that stays home looking after the house and children and allow their wife or partner to man up and be the lead and yeah exactly and I often thought about, and I got to ask you this question, specifically from that standpoint that we might be looking at, you know, culture wise in Australia and in the environment where you are, you, you have the most experience in, would you say a man who would say, I, I just want to take care of my family and be a home giver and be the caregiver there. 
how would the society take him in in your world? Mm. Yeah, I see what you're saying because there there are some women that I've worked with who are high in an executive role and absolutely have got young ones or a young one at home and their husband looks after them. So he's primarily the caregiver and looking after the house and make sure that dinner's cooked when they get home. Uh, How are they looked upon? That's a really good question. I don't think they're, I wouldn't want to label them. I just think it's not the norm, that's for sure. Absolutely. Not not the majority, no, no. No, but how are they looked upon? I think it's it's like to me the way I see it. I think there's they're being supportive. I think yeah. it's their understanding that it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. We have a job to take care of. It's a family. It's children, and and we're collaborating and do it together. And if it means that you're going to work because maybe you earn more money than I, I'm happy to step down. And it's not. It's not a punch to the ego either. It's about, you know, it, I think it's a very soulful experience. It's, it's very expansive if you can think yeah. that way yeah, and behave that way. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think it will benefit us as, as a whole, just saying, okay, oh, this is your choice and, hey, we, we celebrate that. And if that's a, I remember in my younger days, I mean, this is, wow, we're talking roughly 20 years ago. My husband, he decided to take the time off and spend basically take care of the home and everything at that time. And 20 years ago, was he judged here in Iceland? I guess there were probably, not that I found out, but I guess it was different, seen as different. But it's quite a common thing, actually, uh, or more common. I wouldn't say it. It's basically, I think there are between 85 or 86% of all women are working outside of the home today. So, So that's probably normal than even you know neither gender being at home but it's interesting to see how this evolved so coming to so with the i am woman project and for you catherine when you started this whole project what was your goal and 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 where are you on your journey so we started off with an online platform and we had women from all over the world collaborating, sharing stories, because I think it's all really important to share stories. And I think for me, it was more so because I did a lot of corporate work, but I saw this rise in mumpreneurs. So mumpreneurs, I should say, not mama, mumpreneurs. So you saw these women that either were in a corporate environment left the corporate environment to have children and then was still very creative and wanted to start a business. So I saw this rise of women in at home creating amazing, powerful businesses and entrepreneurs. So that's where it started. It was kind of focusing on that. Uh, and then we ended up, we were approached by a magazine in the UK, uh, said, why don't you create a magazine, which we did. That was a lot of work and a lot of time-consuming lots of money, put a big hole in my pocket. And then I thought, I want to continue with this purpose, this purpose of women from all over the world sharing stories and collaborating because I found that some of the feedback we're getting, it's amazing, like, oh, I love this woman. It helped me go through blah, blah. So you could see that just from women sharing their stories helped other women come Mm. out of their stuck state or their dark states. So that's how the podcast came to life. So it's been going since, what, I think 2011. So we've gradually changed form, but it's always been I Am Woman Project. And it was all about collaborating and women being creative together. You know, this kind of like this community. So, 
and here we are with podcasts. Exactly, exactly. And I, I've been listening to your podcast and I have to tell our audience, you have to go to Catherine's page. We'll be sharing all the links in our show notes because she's interviewing so many amazing women with so many fabulous stories and insights that is very inspiring. Catherine, where do you see women are becoming? I think women are starting to really tap into that leader within. You know, I think everything, when I say women in leadership, it's, it doesn't like, and this is the show. Some, I've had some feedback go, you have a lot of spiritual women on your podcast. Yeah. And I went, all women. It doesn't matter whether they're an entrepreneur, a woman in business, or, you know, a shamanic woman or a spiritual, there were women leading the way in some way, shape or form. Yeah. I think there's more of that. Women are really starting to tap into that leader within themselves. And it doesn't need to, you don't need to be in a corporation. You don't even need to own a business. But tapping, you can be a leader at home. You can be a leader and have a spiritual experience just by having a cup of chai tea. You know, so I think women are starting to really stand in their truth. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing more of that. And I'm seeing that women are starting to have a voice. And on that, I've been hurt, you know, whether it's through podcasts or reading, writing, you know, a lot of keynote speakers. I think there's more and more of that coming through. What do you yeah. think? Yeah, I agree with you. It has been increasing and we need more because we, mm. do, need, we do need diversity, the voice and that vision and that different perspective. It is something that we all grow from. And, and specifically, if which would be, and here I'm saying something that I would really like to see more of is us as human beings being more acceptive and less judgmental to ourselves and others, which I think is one of the reasons why so many of us are maybe not stepping in because we're afraid of being judged. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, judges, I could go on this topic for forever. Judgment actually stops us being who we want to be. Judgment creates this massive wall for us. So yeah. when people find themselves judging themselves, I always say, what are you avoiding? Yeah. What are you not dealing with? Uh, what are you running away from? You know, those kind of things because we all judge to some degree, but yeah. actually practicing not judgment, it takes practice, but it's rewarding, very rewarding when you actually go, I actually, you know, Transformation is an inside job. And when you are focused and everything within, you don't judge as much because you're not external focused. It's all about how can I be more present? How can I be in the now? How can I be more powerful? Not external, but internal. And I think that we're starting to, and I think there's a bit of a shift and a rise in consciousness where we're starting to start seeking within rather than always seeking you know, without the, the external, yeah, the external part, yeah. I love to share the, if you translate the Icelandic word for being perfect, if you just translate it really directly to English, it means fully present. Yeah. Isn't that beautiful to think Absolutely. that you can actually, by being fully present inside, mm -hmm. you are perfect. That's it. Oh, I love that. Oh, love that. Yeah. So what was, the, the, what was the word, the actual the word, word itself? The word is fullkommen, which is quite difficult to say, but fullkommen, it's fully present, coming to full, being yeah. fully. Yeah. yeah. So when you're saying fully, when you're being present, you are expanding. Yeah. Because yeah. you're feeding the soul, you're feeding the self. 
So you are expanding fully. Yeah. Yeah. And no one says that it's easy to be fully present and be fully in each moment because that is that is something that like a muscle that you have to practice constantly practice don't you but I I just think the thought that when those little moments here and there where you manage to do that in your meditation or whatever you're doing that you manage to be in your in your present moment to think then ah now I'm perfect Mm. oh I love that I've never I've always steered away from the word perfect because I'm myself a bit of a perfectionist and I teach that, you know, it will never be perfect because, you know, if you're one of these people that it has to be perfect, you'll procrastinate, you'll hold back on, you know, launching projects and the only way is launch them and that's where you learn from what you need to, you know, tweak. But yeah, I actually, I get up at 4.30 every morning to meditate and I spend that time myself and that internal focus... I do feel very expansive when I actually do that every morning and just giving, dedicating that time for yourself. And I'm saying this for everyone. If you just dedicate that time, it's amazing. It's amazing how many people don't spend time or invest time on self. Oh, couldn't agree with you more. Absolutely. Yeah. Like talking from my own heart. Catherine, finally, one last question. Actually, two. In the work that you're doing, and in your internal work, as much as your external work, what is the change that you want to see in your world? And what is the role that you want to take in creating that change? For me, I, of course, I want to empower the planet. I want to rise the vibration of the planet. And the only way to do that to become more conscious. So it goes back to being present. The more conscious we are as human beings, the more conscious the planet will be as a whole. And I think that's why for me it's all about transformation and I do the deep work, inside-out work for us to then make an impact and influence an outcome. And you can influence so many different outcomes when you are more conscious and not living in a space of habitual, old patterns, conditioned ways of thinking and living And it's really about, you know, to be, as you were saying, a change maker, you need to break out of the norm. You need to push the boundaries and challenge the status quo. And only then can we really, truly transform as a whole. Pushing through and really becoming a whole. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Absolutely. It's where the, as we say, where the box is starts to be too narrow for you. So you can't breathe and you can't do what you're supposed to be doing on this planet. Catherine, thank you so much for being a guest on our podcast. Well, all the information could be in our show notes. And I guess it's getting late for me. I'm starting to stuff it and everything. So I'm going to say thanks so much, Catherine, for being our guest. And to our audience, please go to our website and take more into all the work that Catherine is doing. Thank you. Thank you. Was this podcast of value for you? I sure hope so. If so, feel free to share the love and give us your generous review on iTunes or Stitcher. And remember that you can always go to runamagnus.com to find out more about the changemakers and how we can help you drive the change you want to see in your world. Oh, 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 oh,